Hey there, welcome to Radio Face. As always, my name is Daniel Trinum, and I will be your host. It is truly an honor that you have decided to tune in for today's episode, and I hope that you enjoy it as much as I enjoyed creating it. Before we begin today's episode, I want to let you know that this show is in no way affiliated with the other show that I host, The Third Seat. However, if you'd like to check out The Third Seat, then you can find the information and links for it in the description of today's episode. I think you will really enjoy it as well, so I highly recommend you check it out. Along with this, you can find all other links to my social media accounts, as well as any necessary information for any guests that may join me on the show or myself down in the description of today's episode. With all that being said, I want to thank you again for listening in to today's episode. Now let's jump into the conversation. In life, a lot of times, you will meet people, uh, you'll have experiences, and you will come across individuals that once you have the benefit of hindsight, you are able to tell just how these people impact your life. And you can also tell uh, how the experiences in your life bring you to the certain points in your life that you know that you experience in the future. I would definitely say that uh, the fact that we are sitting here right now is is a testament to that because we met in high school, I believe, and if you had told me in in high school uh, that we were going to be sitting at a table together with one another, uh, having a conversation on a podcast, I would have been like very confused. I said, I don't, I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, but life has a funny way of working things out a lot of times, and I think that for that very reason, I am very excited to speak with you today. So, Will, thank you so much for joining me. Well, thank you for having me, Daniel. Yeah, yeah, no problem. So obviously, uh, I know you. Um, you know, uh, we have, like I said, we've been friends since, I guess, in since like freshman year of high school. Is that correct? I mean, we probably knew, maybe knew of each other before that, but we didn't go to middle school together, so we were kind of like strangers. But um, for everyone out there that does not, you know, know you, just give a little bit of a background about who you are, what you're doing, and and just how you're doing as well. Um, as Daniel said, my name is Will. Will Guy. Uh, as of this date. Um, I am 22 years old. Uh, I go to the University of Tennessee, Chattanooga. Uh, go Mox. Yes, go Mox. Go Mox, baby. Power C. <laughs> I'm from Inglewood, Tennessee in McMinn County, same as Daniel. Um, and I don't know, I don't know exactly how else to I've never, I've never had, I, as you have known, because we talked about yeah. this, I've never had to do this. Yeah, yeah. Well, first and foremost, it is it is a bit of a trip having a microphone right in front of your face and, yes. and being able to hear it. So I understand it is, a, it is a bit of a weird experience, like describing yourself in an interview. So I get that. Um, but no, part of, part of my, you know, usually interviews I do in the past or I've done in the past so far, they have been to a degree somewhat planned out, not entirely scripted, uh, but I'll have a pretty decent framework of how I anticipate it going. I deliberately kind of threw that out the door with this one because one, we know each other very well. Uh, but two, I was, I want this, this conversation to be as raw and as just from the heart as we can. I don't want it to be too scripted or too planned out as possible. Um, because, as I know, and as you know, and as a lot of people that are, whoever's going to listen to this are about to find out, uh, both of our lives took a lot of different turns, uh, twists and turns to get to where we are today. Around the same time. Around the same time. And so I feel like it would be only appropriate that we just go into this just open and honest and yeah. just just 
talk about our experiences and you know share that with everybody listening so and i think it, when we get into the actual conversation yeah part, it will be but the yeah. description yeah itself, like even in interviews yeah is my least favorite part. yeah well let, I, I never do that yeah i'm just always like this is me yeah and you'll find out yeah me later yeah that's fine. well let's just jump into it then All so right, not to not to spoil too much of the story but uh i will just i'll just hand it over to you and just let you start wherever you would like to start if, if you don't mind okay um, as we talked about before, my name is William Guy, and at 19, I was diagnosed with Hodgkin's lymphoma, which if you didn't know that, because I didn't know that uh, at the time, I just knew that lymphoma sounded bad, and you probably did not want it, although uh, it is a cancer of the lymphatic system. Uh, I had stage two, which meant all of the lymph nodes that were swollen and had tumors on them were uh, above the waist. Uh, Majority of them were in my chest area and my neck area, in the uh, mediastinal and in medical terms, uh, is where the area would be considered. And then is yours as well? Yeah. So my story. So mine's a little bit different. Uh, there's a reason why we're. You know, I'm asking Will this particularly. Let me think. It was, I was 18 years old. Uh, it was the summer before I started at UTC. I started at UTC in the fall of 2018. And I'm trying to, if I remember correctly, uh, we'll go through the details in a bit. But in July of that year, July of 2018, I had started having some, some vision problems. Uh, and I started having seizures. And what we later came to find out is that I had a tumor on the back of my, my head, on the back of my brain, uh, specifically the portion of my brain that controls, well, all of our brains, but uh, specifically the portion of our brain that controls vision, uh, which is why my vision was being affected the way it was. And I kid you not, within under a month, we found out about it. Uh, it was diagnosed and it was removed, um, which relatively speaking was relatively soon before you were diagnosed with lymphoma. Correct. Yeah. And so that's why I say it was kind of interesting timing, uh, because you know, I, I don't know if I mean my, my tumor was benign. It was not cancerous. Uh, so it was, it was a relatively simple from what I am told, um, relatively simple process of going in, removing it. Uh, and then, you know, if, if all things are good, then you're good to go. Um, brain surgery. Yeah. Yeah. As, as simple as it can be, you know? Um, but that was, that was pretty much the process of mine. And so, although it was not cancer, I felt like for me personally, I had experienced something that most people, especially most people my age at the time have, have not experienced because it's, as you know, it's a very, um, it's a, it's an odd feeling to be told that you have a tumor anywhere on your body, whether it's benign or cancerous. Yeah, most yeah, it is. It's not something you usually want to happen. And it's something that I remember exactly where I was, what I was doing. I remember the days preceding it and following it was, it was a very weird time in my life personally. I would imagine it was similar for you as well. albeit yeah, albeit under different circumstances, similar for you as well. I would, I would yeah. yeah, absolutely. Uh, I can almost, my memory is not great anyway, but I can almost remember, uh, not the entire day, but a great majority of mm -hmm. day, probably a good eight to 12 hours yeah. of that like entire day in yeah. almost perfect detail. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, 
so I'll run through real quick just what it was like for me, and then I want to I want to I want you to tell what it was like for you just the early stages of your diagnosis. So um, for those that aren't aware, it's like I said, I, I was diagnosed with a with a, a tumor, and if I remember correctly, the name of the tumor you can look it up. It sounds like a dinosaur. That's why I always joke about it, but it was called a pilocytic astrocytoma. Uh, which, you know, like I said, when you get diagnosed with these things, you tend to remember them. Uh, but uh, it basically, it was a benign tumor that shows up within the first two decades of somebody's life. Uh, and, you know, I was diagnosed when I was 18, so it all checked out. Um, but for me, it had actually started off many, many, many years prior. Uh, this tumor can actually develop within, from birth. It, it, it can start from birth. Um, and it started with me whenever I... I forget what age I was. I want to say I was maybe like in sixth grade. I went on a hunting trip with uh, one of our family friends and didn't end up getting anything. Came back. I was dead tired uh, and I fell asleep on our couch. And while I was asleep, I had a seizure. Uh, And so they took me to the hospital, checked me out, and they said, we think it's probably just random. It happens at times. And so we said, okay, well, we just, we went with that and we got a few like brain tests done. I don't know what they're technically called. I'm just going to call them brain tests. Uh, but we got a few tests done and they said, yeah, we just think it was random. It can happen at times, even when you're asleep. Uh, he should be fine. He's a healthy young boy. He just, you know, go on about your day. Said, okay. Sounds good. And for years, nothing, nothing happened. Um, it wasn't until, like I said, the summer of, of 2018 in July, uh, I remember specifically, I was spending the night at, um, my friend, Brant's house. Uh, shout out to Brant if you're listening. Uh, we were at his house and I was going to stay in his guest bedroom. And so I went to sleep. It was, I think it was the night of July 4th, actually. I think I, it was either the night of July 4th or around July 4th. And went back, uh, went to sleep at his house. And in the middle of the night, uh, I was having a seizure uh, again. Now, obviously, I was asleep. So a good question is, how do you know that you were having a seizure? Um, What happened is that his mom, Brant's mom, was asleep in the living room. She had fallen asleep. And at some point in the night, she woke up uh, and decided to go back to her bedroom. And so when she was walking back to her bedroom, she passed the guest bedroom door that I was in. And she heard some noise coming from there. And then she came in and discovered that I was having a seizure. And so this launched a whole, you know, I'll I'll use the word investigation, use that loosely. Uh, Investigation like, okay, well, he's had two seizures that we know of now. They're years apart. How are they correlated? You know, what, what, there's obviously something, you know, uh, matching them together. And it turned into this whole big investigation. And we learned that. Um, I had a tumor on the back of my head, uh, on, on my brain specifically, and that it needed to be removed. Luckily for me, uh, I I consider myself extremely lucky. It was not cancerous because as you know, and and you'll, you'll talk about cancer is not something you want to deal with, but it requires much different treatment a lot of the times than a benign tumor does. Uh, it's not the same in, in the way of, of treating it and, and uh, dealing with it, and so I consider myself very lucky. We've gone back and forth about who had it worse, oftentimes. We sure do, and yeah. it's still undecided uh, <laughs> as a total because we will probably never ever come yeah. to a conclusion yeah. of who had it worse. Yeah, well, it's kind of it's kind of like like old men with their stories. Like they always tell the same stories over and over again. Like we'll probably up until you know whenever the day we die, we'll probably sit there and be like, I, I think I think you still had it. Like you know, we'll we'll go back and forth about it. But uh, I'll be beside your death. Yeah. Whisper, yeah. Yeah. You still had yeah, it. Yeah. 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 Go, no, yeah, no. yeah, but uh, 
Yeah, I mean, in a nutshell, um, that was kind of my story uh, leading up, you know, how we discovered it. And, you know, I'm, I'm, gl- I'm glossing over a few details uh, of my personal story, but that's kind of how we got to uh, roughly to where I'm at today. So what, what was it like for you and your experience? Um, just to give, uh, because you also mentioned it was the fall that you were moving into or, or going into college. Yeah, college it was, yeah, yeah. Said, uh, yeah, mine was that following spring, mm-hmm. uh, closing in on on our uh, technically first semester of college. Of course, I did not go to UTC originally. I went to Cleveland State Community College. Uh, go Cougars! Yeah, I believe it speaks yeah. for itself uh, <laughs> on many occasions. Yeah, but I was, and about that time was the time that me and you were getting a lot closer because. Uh, it was about a year of us consistently hanging out almost once or twice yeah. a week with, uh, as you mentioned, yeah. Grant and Cade also. Yeah. Shout yeah. out to Cade. Blake. Yeah, shout out to Cade. We had, a, we had a really tight friend group, so we would hang out all the time. Uh, it was, we, we probably we, spent the night at your house at least once a week. Yes, yes, if not more. Yes, yeah. if yeah. not more. Yeah. Uh, but, so about a year after we really started getting close, uh, like I said, closing in on our first like official year of college, uh, uh, I was working for Domino's Pizza at the time, and I'd come home from a long shift. I woke up the, I noticed it the night before that my lip nodes uh, had seen, or my, my neck was swollen along the base, and I just assumed it was from stress uh, and some other things because we had a, a worker shortage then uh, at the time at the store, of our really small store that covered probably three almost, or three and a half uh, cities at the time. And I just figured it was stress from just having to work so much. And then when we, whenever I woke up Sunday morning, uh, they were still very swollen. So my mother, as she tends to do, uh, was immediately like, we need to get this checked, we need to get this checked. And I, as I tend to do, was not very, uh, I wasn't very quick to jump to anything. Yeah. So I was just like, yeah, right, we'll do whatever. Well, so, you didn't want to make any major assumptions. Yeah, so yeah. I don't like to jump to conclusions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... She doesn't usually, uh, but I, looking back now, I understand why she was wanting to be so urgent about it. Uh, and we even had a conversation one day of uh, later on of how I could, was trying to convince her that it was not cancerous. Uh, spoiler, if you didn't know that portion of it, <laughs> uh, it was. It didn't. Yeah, it, it did, did end, end up, up being cancer. Yeah. Uh, so, like I said, spoiler alert for yeah. the rest of the story. Uh, but. We went after church. We went to a walk-in clinic, uh, a local one in our uh, town, to, and then they believed that I had mono of all things. Uh, there's a deeper story of that uh, time spent. <laughs> we will we'll leave that out for. <laughs> that's for another day. That's, that is definitely for another. It's for day. another episode. Yes, yeah, uh, yeah. But they uh, we went to a local doctor. They ran some more tests. Uh, I had a. Uh, CT scan, a lymph node biopsy where they took a one of the neck lymph nodes out of uh, that area of my neck that it was swollen and then tested it. And then they, uh, a couple days later, had me meet with an oncologist and he had told me that it was uh, lymphoma. And then I had a PET scan to see what stage it was in. Like I said, I had stage two. Uh, Which, for those that are not, what is what does stage two mean exactly? Um, so with lymphoma, with lymphoma, it's odd like how the stages work, but for the most part, uh, the tumors uh, located 
within your body or within your waist to your uh, chest or neck area, uh, just in the basically top portion of your body, your torso, uh, I'd come to say portion of your body. But as long as the tumors are in there, it's uh, stage two. Uh, stage three, I believe, is below, and then stage four is attached to organs. Uh, could be wrong about those specific things, but I did know that stage two was above the waist. Um, and But on the day of uh, where the, I was told that I had lymphoma, I remember coming home uh, from community college, knowing that I had this doctor's appointment after they'd run all these tests and scans and things, uh, going back to a, another Domino's pizza store and getting two chicken bacon ranch sandwiches uh, for me to eat because I had not eaten the rest of the day. Uh, I met my first cousin, Hunter Powers. Shout out to Hunter if you ever <laughs> listened to this. Uh, in the Walmart parking lot. And we, as, I, as I was eating uh, one of the sandwiches, uh, we were sitting there talking about this. Uh, we were talking about this doctor's appointment that I was going to. And jokingly, he told me, Dude, it's probably cancer. And then we both just laughed it off. And I was like, oh, yeah, probably. And then he uh, went on to work. And then I went on to the appointment and then ate the other sandwich that I'd gotten. So uh, if you've never had a Domino's chicken bacon ranch sandwich, they are not the smallest sandwiches. <laughs> uh, which eating two of those might have contributed yeah. uh, to everything else as well. But yeah. I, I was I was having a good day. Yeah, you were uh, feeling good. That point. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Then we go into the... A doctor's office and he's very somber and he's very quiet he waited for everyone to leave like the waiting room and then brought me and my parents in the back and then he had told me the news he's just like you have lymphoma and like i said before uh wasn't exactly sure what it was mm -hmm. before being honest i just knew you didn't really want to have it yeah uh he told me that and i sat there for a couple seconds with no reaction because like i said i didn't know what it was and until i saw him start to tear up and my parents really start to tear up that i knew that it was bad yeah like it was, it was real bad. Yeah, and then yeah. I, uh, because of context clues of the physical situation I was in, I was yeah. just like, Oh yeah. And then he explained that it was, uh, either Hodgkin's or non Hodgkin's lymphoma cancer. And they were going to do that uh, biopsy that I talked about before to mm -hmm. see which one it was as well. Uh, but that's essentially how that first day went. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and for me, you know, so I had a somewhat similar experience. I remember it was funny. So, Oddly enough, uh, I had my, my surgery to remove my tumor as well as all the scans and everything in Chattanooga, uh, like two minutes from the campus, from UTC, oddly enough. Uh, but I remember when we went and did the scans for this, this was after I had, I had a, like an eye appointment cause I said my, you know, my vision was, was weird. And so, um, or, or let me back up a little bit. So prior to this, my for those that are listening, my father is a, is a doctor, and so at his at his office, there's another uh, doctor there that he is like my uh, you know written doctor. Like my dad can't be my doctor, so he like the the other doctor that works here is is my doctor, if that makes sense. And so we had kind of given him some different results of what was going on, and we went to his office. And I remember sitting there with my mom and my dad to my left and my right, and uh, Doctor Doctor Riley. He was standing in front of me, and I could tell, similar to what you were talking about, there was something different in his demeanor. Mm -hmm. Like you know, I mean, I'd had doctors visits before, and they're pretty standard, cut and dry, you know. But I could tell there was something different about his demeanor at that time. Um, and I remember he told me, he said, you know, it could be this, it could be that, it could be this, it could be that. And he went on this long laundry list of what this could be. And then at the end, he, he stopped for a second and he said, it also could be a tumor, but 
We don't know for sure if it is that or not. We don't, we don't want to make any, you know, major assumptions. And I remember when he said that, I was like, okay. I was like, that's a, that's interesting. Uh, I was like, you know, I was like, okay. I mean, he said it could be, but I guess, you know, it could be a lot of things. You know, like that was my rationale. I was trying to rationalize. that one last. Yeah. So and so, yeah. So I was thinking like, it's probably like the least, you know, he just has to tell me that just to, just to be sure. And then, so now we went and got some scans down in Chattanooga. I think I did some, some MRIs and stuff, which I don't know if any, you've had MRIs before, I'm assuming, right? Or have you had an MRI? I've never had one on my well, brain, I don't think. Well, just have you had one, period? I don't think so. What? Oh, wow. Well, I'm, well, for those that haven't had an MRI, they're no fun. They're very loud. Uh, so if you can not do an MRI, don't do them. But that's that's beside the point. Um, had some MRIs done, and it was funny enough, that day I had work. I worked at a local pharmacy in the area. And so I rode my parents back and they, they dropped me off at work. I worked for like four or five hours, something like that. It was like a half shift. And then I came home and similar to how you were talking about how, when, when the doctor told you, your parents started tearing up and you could tell something was different. When I got home, I knew something was very odd. Something was off because when I walked in, so I have a younger sister. Uh, and at the time she, I don't know how old she was, but she's a ball of energy and you, there's always some noise being made in our house. She's either bouncing the ball or running around. It was dead silent. There was nothing happening and I could, she was nowhere to be found. And so I was like, something is odd. Like this is very odd, you know? And then I, I walk into our living room and my parents are sitting separately, one on each couch, you know, the, our couches are like L shaped. And so one, they weren't sitting together. One was on one couch, one was on the other one. And I knew immediately this was my time to sit down in front of them because they had something to tell me. Like they, the TV wasn't on, no music was playing, nothing. It was dead silent. I was like, okay, I know y'all haven't been, just been sitting in here for hours with nothing happening. Um, and my dad said, you know, he said, we got the MRI results back. And he said, we just wanted to show you something. And so we walked into the room where our computer is and he showed me the results and he pointed directly at it. And he said that right there is a tumor uh, right on your brain. And I was like, there it is. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I didn't know what to do. I just remember feeling it didn't feel real at the time because again, we still, for me personally, we didn't know if it was cancerous or not. I don't think at this time, um, or no, I take that back. We, we, we felt it. We, we thought for a couple different reasons that it wasn't cancerous, but we didn't know for certain. And so, you know, I remember at that time just thinking, what am I supposed to do now? You know, cause usually most things in life, there's some action you can take to try to solve a problem or try to make things better. If something's wrong, you know, it, there's always something you can do to try and alleviate the pain or problems in a situation. But I would imagine somewhere for you, I mean, there was nothing you could do. You couldn't like start a new diet that would fix yeah. it. Or you couldn't like, you know, th there was, nothing you could do. I mean, it was, you were just told like this thing is happening to you and you're going to have to deal with the repercussions of it now. Yeah. And, and I remember specifically going to bed that night, laying in my bed, just looking at the ceiling thinking, do I really have a tumor in my head? Like on my brain? Like this isn't like, there's no, like this is, it was all happening so fast too. I just remember being so just dumbfounded. I just, it didn't feel real. I mean, how, how did you feel, uh, after all this was happening to you? Um, like I'm, I'm glad that you went through the like after like yeah. portions or like when you learned about everything or whenever your parents had told you, uh, because for me after I was told uh, and I'd left this out of the story before, uh, because 
you uh, like you said about reacting to it, you kind of, and then you get in the stage where you deal with it, and then you have to kind of figure out how you're going to tell other people and have yourself deal with it for other people, like as well. It's like it's great to have that time for you to deal with it first, uh, which I was looking forward to. Uh, because, like you said, there's nothing really you can like that you physically can do. Yeah. You kind of just have to. Uh, well, in the moment, I honestly didn't know what to think. Like yeah. he told us, uh, we were, we were in there. We were like mom and dad were hugging me and everything, and we get up to leave and we're ready just to go home and kind of just rest for the day. Like taking all the information, yeah. just get ready to deal with it. And we open the door and my grandparents, uh, my mom's parents, are sitting right outside waiting on us. Uh, which I love them to death. Uh, <laughs> some of the greatest people of on earth uh, to me. Uh, but was a was a very non convenient time yeah. to see them, as yeah. one could probably imagine. Yeah. Uh, so I had to sort of put off my dealing with it, and then go talk to them yeah. and explain everything that happened to them, and then yeah. on our way back through. Uh, to our house because my dad's parents live uh, on the same road as us and right before you get to our house is their house uh, mom and dad had asked me if I wanted to stop and see them because they were sitting on their porch because it was about this time of year it was mm -hmm. uh, maybe a little bit uh, later in August or mm -hmm. mid-August so it was spring yeah. it was real hot so everybody yeah. was sitting outside and everything and I just said I just want to go ahead and get it over with I'll just go up there and see them and just get basically just get it all out of the way while mm -hmm. like might as well just get all in one fell swoop yeah uh, so I went and, uh, saw my mom's parents and uh, cried with them and told them and then on our way back through I just went ahead and stopped with dad's parents and cried uh, with them and uh, told them everything and then went back home and I remember mom because not having that time before gave like uh, we had my niece and nephew with me uh, at the time and she brought them outside to go feed our animals and things and gave me just a couple hours of by, like of just being just alone. by yourself yeah, just yeah. to give me that time to uh that alone time time for me to deal with it and i remember it was about two hours before like they come back in and she had messaged me and asked if it was like it was okay if they come back in uh but i remember within those two hours just really just being like i don't know what i'm gonna do mm -hmm. like I just got started with uh, with college. I was about to finish my first year. It was kind of like throw, like I was thinking way ahead and like kind of throwing a loop into uh, all of my plans at the time and what I was going to do for the summer because uh, I worked on the river the past summer and really enjoyed it and planned on going back. Uh, and there's just a lot of things that were going on within that time. And then I also remember. Uh, I remember specifically texting you, Brant and Cade, mm -hmm. and I remember uh, texting all, basically all of my friend groups yeah. and telling everybody at once. Yeah. Uh, and like I remember being in my bathroom, uh, and for I'm sorry for those that are also listening to this, but I was taking a poop <laughs> uh, because, as I mentioned before, yeah. I've had two large Domino's sandwiches <laughs> uh, within a three-hour period so uh, I, I had a lot that i needed to work through. you had a lot to unpack you I could did. say yeah Most definitely did. uh in every almost every single way at that point uh, <laughs> uh i remember uh, being on the toilet and just again sorry for 
those listeners if you don't want to hear this, but thinking this is so hard to do while you're crying. Yeah. I remember text, trying to text y'all, <laughs> trying to poop, and then crying at the same time. And I was laughing because yeah. it was so hard. So yeah. I mean, it was like a scene out of out of like a movie or something. Yeah, like, like, like it really you're, was. You're, you're, I just couldn't multitask. I didn't know this, by the way. So this is, I remember yes. you texting us, but I didn't yeah. know all this context. So that's That really puts it puts everything retroactively into perspective yes. now. So when you think of about three years ago yeah. uh, around this time, you can, you can really, I hope you can picture that in your head. Yeah. I mean, really struggling just yeah. to do three yeah. totally random and opposite things at one time. Uh, but anyway, like there was that. I remember telling everybody else and uh, when my mother come back in with my niece and nephew, uh, I know not everyone else can see what, what, like what we're doing. They can only hear our voices yeah. right now. Yeah. Uh, my nephew come back in on this very day and gave me this four leaf clover and I've never really shown this to anybody else before, oh. but I is I have never seen this. I've just handed it over to Daniel. It is a four leaf clover, a three year old at least four leaf clover uh, that's it, encapsulated. I say it definitely is three years old. Uh, yes, you it can is. definitely tell. You can see right through it. Actually, for those that are listening, it is translucent, but also a dark shade of brown yes. uh as as i think ron swanson would say a deep mahogany yes yeah absolutely yeah yeah, uh, yeah. it's a very great description yeah uh, and i don't i've really only pulled it out to change over my wallets to another wallet uh and it stays behind my license uh, at all times or mm-hmm. it did before i had moved my license out of my other wallet but it has been in my wallet after wallet for the last three years mm-hmm. uh and it was just a cool little thing for him to bring in a four leaf clover on probably what I would consider one of the toughest days like that I yeah. had to do with so far. And at that point I'd already dealt with it and everything. Uh, still didn't really know like how to react. I just, well, how, how can you react? I mean, it's, it, it's like, I, I don't know. It, it's so hard. And not that I would ever wish anybody to have to deal with either of these situations, but it's just, you feel so helpless you know, oh, yeah, because, definitely. because you want to do something you mm-hmm. want to, you want to, if there's ever a time where you are, uh, you know, if there's ever a time where you're motivated to try and right a wrong in your life, it's when it has, when it deals with like your humanity, oh, you know, yes, like, like if you go to the doctor and he's like, Hey man, you need to, if you don't do this, mm-hmm. this is going to happen to you. That's suddenly like, okay, like I'm going to, I'm going to change the way I act. Yeah. But like, you can't do anything about this. It's totally out of your hands. Yes. Almost entirely. That was one of the things that the doctor also told me. He said with lymphoma there, essentially he's like, there's nothing you can do to start it. Uh, Like there's nothing that causes it. It just happens. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which for some people is a very frightening thing. That Mm -hmm. it's just a, it was just a random Mm -hmm. occurrence. But for me, it was very peaceful to Mm -hmm. know that I didn't specifically do anything. Uh, but like you said, like, how do you deal with it? And there's not, there's not a, uh, I can't tell anyone a direct, like perfect way to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you kind of come down to one or two options. And that's really through any struggle in life, you still have these two options. You can either stay where you're at in that very moment and you can kind of wallow in it. You can stay like put down whatever life mm-hmm. or whatever knocks you down. Or you can say, okay, I'm going to do whatever it takes. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to let this stop me. I'm not going to let this, like, like I'm not going to let this stop me dead in my tracks. I'm just going to push forward. Yeah. I'm going to live on. I'm going to do whatever I need to do. I'm going to survive. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just, I'm just going to go for it. Like, no matter yeah. what I have to do, no matter, uh, like, who I have to go through to do it, like, you just have to, like, almost a do or die mindset. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To, like, to 
really describe it, I guess. Uh, but another way you can, uh, that for me, it's not the healthiest coping mechanism, uh, <laughs> but uh, I chose to help myself cope by joking with it. Is <laughs> Daniel and anyone that has ever met me physically and uh, is really comfortable with me, like to talk about this, knows. Uh, and I didn't really hold back a lot with that, mm-hmm. which looking back was probably not great on my part. Uh, yeah, but, but what are they going to say to you? You know, I mean, what do you, you see, know, that, that's what, what the dangerous part of it yeah. was because I was like, no one's going to tell me no. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was like, they have to laugh at your joke. They have yeah. no other choice. Yeah. <laughs> they, uh, and I got, I mean, and we're probably, we're going to get to that yeah. point later on, but yeah. there are some people I would specifically make some yeah. bad jokes to yeah. knowing that they were probably weren't some of the worst things that I have said yeah. and like uh, can joke wise. Yeah. But, uh, I, I, I needed that moment. Like yeah. I'm not, I don't like to, uh, specifically look out for myself and things. That's one of the reasons I hate in the descriptions of myself part yeah. of interviews or even like the introduction of this podcast. Cause I don't like talking about myself a whole lot. Uh, but I, I needed that moment and we'll, we'll get, we'll get to why. Yeah. And we've had similar stories yeah. about this in the past. Yeah. So, something that I, you were talking about how, like how you were able to deal with it. Looking back, it was, it all, for me, it all happened so fast because I kid you not, we found out about my tumor and had it removed physically from my body all within the month of July. Uh, which is kind of crazy to think about because, you know, it, it takes like a month to schedule a doctor's appointment sometimes. Yeah. So the fact that it all fell within that, it was an extreme blessing. But the thing that really, it helped me it, or it drove me to keep my head on straight for me personally, not that this is going to be the same for everybody, but I quickly realized that although I was the one with the tumor and I was the one that was going to have to go through the surgeries and I was the one that was going to have to be in the hospital rooms and I was the one that was going to have to deal with all this kind of, you know, uh, head on, it was not just me that it affected. I, I could visibly tell that not only my family, but my friends and those that knew me, even people that loosely knew me, like they were shaken by it uh, yeah. to a degree because people that I had not spoken to in years uh, or that I had loosely spoken to over the past few months, I mean, they were texting me, calling me, asking me if I was okay, like just out of the blue, like people at, you know, out of nowhere. And so for me, it, it, it really reinforced with me that I had to keep not to be, no, no pun intended. I had to keep my head on straight <laughs> because if I panicked, everyone was going to panic. Yeah. If I lost my composure, everyone was going to lose their composure. And I'm not saying that, you know, if you are diagnosed with something similar to either of our experiences that you're not allowed to ever, you know, have those moments where you just lose all control because there were moments where I locked my door and just wanted to just, just disappear. Like I didn't know what to do that you'll have those moments. But when I was around people that I knew and that I cared about, I felt a bit of a duty to them because I knew that, if I was going to get through this safely, I needed to get through it with them. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do it alone. As the saying goes, no man is an island. Uh, and I certainly was not an island in that situation. And if I did not keep my composure, I was going to quickly isolate myself. At least yes. that's the way I felt. Um, and that really helped because, man, it, 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 you know, we'll talk about the kind of different side of this. But it really did help for me to have people come and try to support me. And it, and 
without all those people that checked on me and wanted to make sure I was okay, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know where I would be. I, yeah. it, it really, I know that's, that's kind of cliche to say, but you also don't want to, you wouldn't want to know. Yeah. You wouldn't, I mean, yeah. you wouldn't want to go through it without. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the thing for me is, is understanding that if you're ever put in a situation like this, you're what, what you do, people are going to feed off of it because I remember very distinctly, um, I, I was just trying to do my best to be at peace with it. And I remember driving we were driving down to, I don't know if this was for my surgery or no, no, it, I don't, it may have been the day before my surgery. We were driving down to Chattanooga. I don't know. We were driving down to Chattanooga either for the surgery or for another scan. And my dad asked me, he said, so Daniel, how are you, how are you feeling? And basically I was just like, you know, it's out of my hands. Um, there's nothing I can do about it. So I'm just going to be at peace with it if I can. Uh, it's totally in the doctor's hands and I've got to, keep my head on straight. And I remember one, him visibly being kind of shocked because that's not what you expect someone that's yeah. been told they have a brain tumor to say. Um, but he, you know, they've told me ever since that that really strengthened them a lot mm-hmm. uh, because understandably they were shaken by this as well. I mean, their, their son, their only son uh, has just been told he has a brain tumor and yeah. nobody wants that for their friend, their son, any, anybody. And so to see that from their perspective, to see that I was, holding up that I was going through this as strong as I could really strengthened them a lot. And that really is what got us through. I think, mm-hmm. uh, that's really what helped us a lot. And that would be my biggest recommendation to people that are going through this is, is try to rely on those around you as much as you can and understand that your strength is going to strengthen them. Yes. You know? Yeah. Most definitely. Like you said, like having that support, uh, of course, like I had my parents, my grandparents, I, y'all, uh, and a couple other, uh, friends and friend groups and things uh because i mean we were we were fresh out of high school uh we still had a lot of connections in high school because mm-hmm. I mean, we hadn't been gone that long yeah. and all of our friends who were younger than us uh and yours was uh the end of the summer and mine was going into the summer mm-hmm. so again like those people could we could still see a lot of people mm-hmm. we wouldn't usually see yeah. like, throughout the school year yeah uh but like having those people having y'all and i remember specifically like uh you kind of have to put on a brave face for everyone else uh, like you said because they're going to feed off that energy yeah. uh, but it also helps you not that you're trying to fake it and make it seem real mm-hmm. but then once you get into that same mindset where you're just like it's out of my hands yeah uh this is what i'm going to do about it i'm going to do anything that i can about it i'm not going to let anything stop me mm-hmm. uh then everyone else is going to feed off that as well and i remember also telling y'all uh I don't actually I don't think I had to tell y'all but like treating like me like I like I just didn't ha- like not that I didn't have it but just treating yeah. me how we always like, yeah. talked and how yeah. we always been treated yeah. I'm like I was like we can just add the jokes yeah. essentially yeah. I was like yeah. y'all, are, y'all have a past to joke about yeah. uh, I was like because I want to joke about it yeah. and I don't want y'all to feel like there's nothing you can't say yeah. like, around me yeah. uh, and I remember that like helping too just feeling like nothing had really changed mm-hmm. like, that, that, that y'all and I know I know y'all felt bad for him. Yeah. I mean, I felt bad. But yeah. You were getting yeah. part of your brain taken. <laughs> I mean, how, I mean, if I didn't feel bad, then there would be something wrong with me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I remember I remember going to your house the first time uh, that you had come home uh, for it, uh, or when you had finally gotten home, and you opened the door for us, and you were just acting like nothing had happened, and you couldn't <laughs> really tell that anything had happened because the only part that they'd cut was that back of your head. Yeah. 
uh, like with your hair, they just cut that strip for yeah. them to go in and come out. I always like to say I had a, I had a landing strip on the back of my head. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You've got, you have a nice scar. Yeah, to, yeah. Uh, I've got a, gnar- a gnarly scar to prove yes. it now. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because I as we'll probably talk about. I I love my scars. Yeah. I, I like I adore them. I I do not mind yeah. to show them yeah. off when people. Ask. Well, I've got some more embarrassing scars that are for another day, but definitely <laughs> the one on the back of my head is one that I'm I'm not ashamed. I'm I'm proud to talk about it for sure. Yes. Uh, I, I'm 100 percent there with you. Um, I remember yeah. you just acting like it was nothing. Uh, of course, like this was months before like this had happened to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, like I didn't know mm-hmm. like that. But then I remember you just being like, nothing's going to happen. So I was like, and I, I remember going in like feeling sorry. I was like, I don't know like what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Because I'm not great in sad situations yeah. because I'm very like happy. I like to make jokes. Yeah. And, like, that's just where my mind goes. So like I remember being like at the door. I think I was like me and Bryant and, uh, like I was just sitting there, I was I was kind of getting nervous to like see you. I was just like, I, I was like, I love Daniel to death, but I was like, I just don't know like yeah. how to act. And yeah. you were just like, hey, yeah. <laughs> and we were like at that moment, I was just like, what am I doing? Yeah. I was just like, he's he's still like the same. I was like, he just had a part of his brain cut yeah. out. I was just like, and we'll 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 get to that. Yeah, we'll get about we'll get everything else out of the way first, yeah. and we'll get to that. Yeah, uh, and we kind of just carried on like, ever since, like like it was nothing. Yeah, uh, and like you said, we had to we fed off that energy. Yeah, yeah, and and, and the thing for me. And before I say any of this, I'm certainly not speaking for every person that's ever had a tumor, nor am I speaking for every person that's ever had cancer. So quick disclaimer for that. But the th- you kind of alluded to a little bit. The thing that I really wanted to try to make as clear as I could, whether through literally saying it or just through my actions, uh, which I know you agree with this, is I didn't want to be the guy that had the tumor. Yeah. I didn't want to be, you know, I didn't want to be Daniel the one that had a tumor on the back of his head that had to have it removed. I just wanted to be Daniel because I, I understood totally that my situation, uh, and later we'd find out your situation are relatively rare. Most people don't have to deal with the things, especially at our age have that we had to deal with, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to be labeled like that because I felt like for me, it was somewhat putting me in a box and I didn't want to, I also didn't want, I didn't feel like I deserved the pity necessarily because yeah, I, as we talked about, I've also agreed with that. I, I, not that you don't deserve. Yeah, anything. yeah, but as as weird as it sounds, I I greatly appreciated everyone's concern. Not to say that I'm just like, oh, I, I don't want you to come check on me, but like I greatly appreciated everybody's concern. Uh, I, I remember, funny enough, a little side tangent that that night. Uh, Mark Davis came and visited one of our, you know, for those that don't know, he's just somebody we know. Uh, I know you're really close to his family, but Mark Davis came and visited and he brought me a, uh, a caramel frappe from McDonald's and a cheeseburger, uh, and I, a cheeseburger from a local restaurant named Michael's. And I was just like, this is just his way of caring for me. You know, this is just what he, sure this, is. this is just his way of just saying, Hey, I'm thinking of you. Uh, but that's, that's besides the point. Um, but I greatly appreciated people checking on me and making sure I was okay, but I didn't want to be, I wanted to be as little of a nuisance as I could. And I didn't feel like I deserved their pity because albeit, yes, I had a brain tumor that is relatively rare, relatively speaking, um, that most people don't have to deal with. There are a lot of other people in this world that have a lot bigger problems than I did. And the fact that I made it out relatively unscathed, uh, for the most part, I count myself very fortunate and blessed. And if there are, uh, if anybody deserves pity, it's not me. It's other people that have to deal with a lot worse situations. Yes, and so I didn't want people to bend over backwards, you know, just trying to clean up for me everywhere and trying to be, you know, trying to 
throw me a pity party all the time, not because I didn't appreciate it, but I wanted to, them to know that I'm okay. I'm a, I, I can get up and walk around and do what I need to do. I appreciate it, but you don't have to stop what you stop your whole life to attend to me. Because you know, there's there's more to you. Yeah, like you said you don't want to be put in a box. You don't want that to define you. Yeah, uh, and like I, like Daniel said, I'm also not speaking on behalf. Yeah, I'm not a delegate for everyone that's ever had cancer of any sort or a brain tumor. Uh, and I might say some things that someone might disagree with, but again, this was just this is just you. Yeah, this yeah. is just me. This is not everybody. Everyone has different. Uh, experiences and everybody has different mindsets about how they go through things but you don't you don't want that Mm -hmm. like not you don't appreciate it but you want to be you want like you wanted to be daniel like Mm -hmm. i wanted to be will i didn't want this to define me i didn't want this to be all that everyone knew me as Mm -hmm. because i i was honestly scared that if they thought that that's all that there was to me then eventually i would think that's all there was to me and then Mm -hmm. i wouldn't know how to move forward like out of that situation Mm -hmm. uh which is a whole nother yeah. Uh, topic in and of itself, but I remember, uh, like uh, immediately, like after, like we had talked about it, we all like went and hung out and everything, and like, and I told all my other friend groups uh, to treat me that same way, and I remember, yeah. like I said, I didn't have to tell y'all because yeah. it was just like that easy. Yeah. And you already knew, yeah. but like through everything, like that you didn't want to feel like that, and you knew yeah. that I probably didn't want to feel like that yeah. also. Which I greatly appreciated, yeah. Uh, yeah. because it's it felt normal. Yeah. Because every, in that moment in your life, everything is basically everything but normal. Yes. Yes. And you yeah. appreciate even more so the times where everything feels normal. Yes. Yeah. And, and this is gonna be a weird analogy, but like to me, again, I greatly appreciated everybody's support and encouragement, and I would not trade any of that for the world. But I didn't want to walk around being the tumor kid. Because to me, it kind of felt like playing the same joke over and over and over again. Not that, not that my tour is funny, but like, you know, if a comedian said the same joke over and over and over and over yeah. and over again, at some point it's going to get old. And I didn't want people to think that I was like trying to milk this for something like, you know, like I'm going to, I'm going to try and get all this sympathy out of people or, or I'm, you know, just constantly walking around, just, just crying all the time. Like I'm just wallowing in my own tears. Like. At some point, I had to accept where I was and just say, "This happened to me. Yes, I'm dealing with it, but there's more to me than who. You know, there's more to me, my story than that." And I think that does a lot. Like me personally, I would. I hope that that is. I hope that brings a little bit of peace to anybody that is dealing with something like this, because the la- like you said, the last thing you want is for your life to be not normal. Everything is so chaotic. You want the, You want to return back to to. Uh, normal as quickly as possible. And so if you can get things to just go back to normal as soon as possible, then do that. That, that, that was what it, my mindset was. I, I didn't want people to, if, if you and Brant and Kate and all them had walked in and just been like wallowing in the floor, I would have been like, this is, please house. stop. Like, this is just not what I need right now. You know? And I know that sounds weird, but I wanted to be treated just like how I normally was, you know? Uh, and again, I understood my situation was, somewhat abnormal but i didn't want to be put on a pedestal either like i didn't yeah. i didn't as weird as it sounds like i didn't want people to think that i was somehow like deserving of being put in front of people like i'm i'm this champion of of life somehow like yeah i made it through the situation but we all have issues yeah. we all have problems like i just managed to make it through this one i'm normal just like everybody else mm-hmm. you know um again not speaking for everybody but that was just for me the reason why I felt that way, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I had, 
I had the uh, Mark's son, and Mark's oldest son, Luke Davis. His wedding was uh, a, a couple weeks before, or it was a, the weekend before I started my treatment, like just talking about everybody uh, treating you fine, like the, just normal. I remember driving to Paris, Tennessee for that wedding a couple days before. Uh, and at the time, everyone had already known. They'd known long enough. They knew we were getting everything started. Yeah. Uh, and it was just going to be that next uh, Monday or Tuesday uh, in May. I think it was like May 16th was like the first day that uh, I was supposed to have treatment. You know, we were going uh, to this wedding for uh, Luke's wedding. And we were, me and uh, his, Luke's youngest brother, Dalton, and then uh, our other cousins, uh, Cole Massingale and Samuel Massingale and Gabe Massingale, we were all in this car cramped for four, I think it was four hours mm-hmm. to Paris, Tennessee. Yeah. And we were just having a good old time. It just felt like everything was normal. And then when we got there to Paris, we met Luke. And again, everything was normal. He asked me like some questions, like just because I hadn't seen him in a little bit. But it still felt normal. Like, uh, like there be times, and there's times now where I'm just like, I've, I've just forgotten about it because mm-hmm. everything just felt so normal. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, like I have cancer or I had cancer. Yeah. Like until someone brings it up, I'm just like, oh, yeah, like I forgot about that. Because in yeah. my head, I was like, like you said, you're like, I want to get back to as normal as possible. Yeah. I was like, this is going to be a small portion of my life. Uh, we're going to be, we're going to be in and out like mm-hmm. as quick as it can be. Yeah. Like we're just going to get it done and then uh, put it all behind yeah. us. Uh, and then we got to that night and a couple of the other groomsmen come in and I said like, just, I thought that they had already known. So I just made a joke uh, to Luke and Dalton and everybody else. And they kind of laughed it off and they were like, you what? Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> And you and immediately I, thought, oh, no, oh, I no. Like, yeah. Did, did y'all not know that? Yeah. I just made another joke, and they were just like, are you, are you okay? Yeah. I was just like, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm fine. Like, I was like, to me, I was like, I don't know what the big deal is. Yeah. Because at the time, like, I had time to deal with it. Uh, those closest to me had time to deal with it. And I just had forgotten that there were still people that just didn't know. Mm-hmm. Because, like, at home, like, with you, yeah. like, everyone is texting you. It's posted yeah. on social media. I was like, to me, that was like, yeah. every, everyone in the whole world knows yeah. at this point. Especially where we're from, where there's like 12 people. Yes. Uh, it feels like everyone and their mother knows what's going on in your yes. life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's also, we joked about in our friend group of, <laughs> with uh, your brain tumor yeah. and then uh, my cancer of just like, what's going to happen? Yeah. We were like, Who, who's, who's next? next? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like everyone was already on lookout for that. Uh, but like, they, of course, they were just like, are you fine? I explained the whole thing to them and they were just like, well, you seem to be in good spirits about it. And I was just like, well, I, I don't have anywhere else to be. Yeah. I was like, I don't know why I wouldn't be. And they, then they went on, like, treating me like everything was fine. And then Luke told me after the wedding, he was like, I appreciate you. Because he didn't know I was waiting mm-hmm. for treatment until after the wedding was over. Yeah. Because I had, like, a, cha- a choice to do it, like, the Monday before. And I was just like, uh, he said, I appreciate you doing this. He goes, you didn't have to do that for me. And I was like, Luke, I was like, I just wanted to have hair for the picture. Yeah. And he... <laughs> started laughing he was just like that's yeah. he goes that's honestly terrible but that's just so funny that you said that and yeah it's like well it's true I was yeah like, I, was like, I, pre- I was like you can i was like you can think that i did it for you yeah I was like, that's fine I was like, i'd rather you yeah like, we'll, we'll go with that you just wanted to look snazzy in pictures yeah. yeah i was like and of course funny story about that later on uh, whenever it come time i had a, a whole party in my house uh, i think you were on vacation then with your, I think you were with Scott and Elizabeth. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. At that time. And I had a whole party not telling anyone that I was shaving my head that mm-hmm. night until uh, the clippers were brought out. And I had, I think Brant ended up cutting my hair because he cut yours yeah, as well yeah. uh, when it came down to it. 
but uh, <laughs> I didn't tell anybody about that. And then I had all my, basically all my friends in one sitting and watching my head get shaved. Yeah. Uh, which was already a fun, like a funny thing just to go on. I didn't tell my parents or anything. Like, no one knew except like me. And I was like, I'm doing this tonight. And then mm-hmm. uh, I think uh, Cole Massengill knew because he had to bring me the clippers because he was in barber school at the mm-hmm. time. Uh, but Brant shaved my head. Uh, and then I took like some Snapchat pictures and stuff and didn't tell my parents or anything like till the next day. Uh, and it was just a funny like time. And then I've come to find out that even with my treatments and everything, that my hair wasn't going to fall out. So, I so you just you just needlessly shaved your head. I did. I yeah. sure did. I preemptively was just like, it's going to fall out because that's what the movies and TV shows yeah. and that's what all these papers yeah. that say like is the main yeah. side effect yeah. is your hair falling out. Yeah. But it didn't. That's what that's what you get for all these cancer jokes. It, yeah. It yeah. was. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, Karma came back and got you. Did. Yeah. Like, We're going to put a joke on you. <laughs> you think you need to. And my hair was real long. Like it was pretty long at yeah. the time. And I was just like. Well, th- this is what I get. Yeah. Of course, it uh, didn't grow all the way back, but it just, it still was growing. Mm-hmm. I was just like, no, nah, I shouldn't have cut it. Yeah. But, yeah. Although I will say, uh, so Will briefly mentioned it in, in my undying support for Will, I, I, some, at some point after that, uh, I shaved my head as well. Just partly, part, partly just because I just wanted to see what I looked like bald, uh, which I kind of liked it. I'm not going to lie. It was uh, the day that you come back or the day after you come back from vacation. Cause you didn't know until we sent it to the, our group chat. I know it was right after Sky and Elizabeth's wedding, I think, or something yeah, like that. Something have, like that. Uh, you did have to wait for that. Yeah. When you, when you come back from yeah. that. And yeah. Yeah. I also want to say like, uh, Daniel's undying support. <laughs> he was the only yes. one, and I, I let the record anyone let, to do it, but yeah. he was the only one that offered and went through. Yeah. I will say let, and went through. Let the records let the record show. Yes. I did indeed. We have pictures to prove it, yes. pictures and video. Uh, but yeah, I shaved my head and, and funny story about that walking into work the next, I didn't tell anybody, <laughs> I didn't tell anybody that I'd shaved my head and like my hair wasn't super long, but like, you know, if you've never shaved your head before, yeah. it's a bit of a sight, you it's know, a, to see. Yeah. And so I, I remember the next day it was kind of rainy. And so I had worn a jacket and I had, I had deliberately put my hood over my head and I walked in and uh, kind of, I was looking around and everybody was like, Hey Daniel, how you doing? Hey, hey, whatever. And I, <laughs> I kind of get to an area where everybody can see me and I take my hood off my jacket and they were like, Oh my gosh, what, what, what did you do? What happened to your hair? And I was like, what hair? What do you mean? What happened? What, what do you mean? So, awesome, yeah. Dude. Yeah. So, uh, the main takeaway from this whole conversation is if you've never shaved your head, you need to do it at least once in your life. It's actually pretty, pretty nice. It's, Being it, a, it is nice to see what it's like. And yeah. you also let the record state that yeah. you have a very nice shaved head. You yeah. Know, the way that your head is shaped, it looks good bald. I appreciate that. And your I have a, also right now, as long as it yeah. looks good, I also <laughs> want to mention that, not that you should always keep it shaved, but <laughs> if it came down to yeah. it again, you have a nicely yeah. shaved head. And I've got a gnarly scar to show off too you to sure go along did. with it. yeah and you had it thin as well yeah yeah i did so that was a yeah that was a fun time but uh yeah <laughs> as i look back on this portion of my life i i just it almost seems like it never happened as in a weird way because nobody really talks about it that much i mean my family every now and then like you know when pictures will come up but like i remember at that time Everybody was, it felt like everybody was talking about it. Like I couldn't, I legitimately could not go out in public. Again, we live in a very small town, so I'm not saying like we were in, you know, Times Square and people were coming, but like I could not go to a restaurant without someone seeing me walking up to me and asking how I was doing, how I'm feeling. And again, I appreciate it, but sometimes you just want to go get food, man. Like you're just, you know, and so for a while it was like, holy cow, man, like 
I just want to be left alone for just like a day, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. But, but looking back, it's almost in a weird way. Like I said, it feels like it never happened because a lot of my friends that I met here at UTC, like they didn't know that I had to re-explain all this to them if they wanted to know. Uh, and like, it's not really brought up and I look back and I'm like, I don't really have any side effects from it really that much. I mean, I have one visual side effect, but like, that's not really that, that bad. Like I've, I've adapted to it. And no, one, um, no one else can see that. Yeah. You. Yeah. And so like, and, and even now, like you can't see my scar with my hair, but even when my head is shaved, you kind of have to look to see it. Like it's not super, super obvious as weird as that sounds. And so I look back and I'm like, it was such a crazy time. Like it, it almost feels like it never, it wasn't real. Like it yeah. didn't actually happen. Like I, like I just dreamt it all or something, you know, because you know, looking at you now, like there's no way you could, tell. you wouldn't think. Yeah. I mean, for those that are listening, let the record state Will's hair has grown back out. It's perfectly normal. Uh, so it's not like he's like, like a shell of himself or anything. So you wouldn't think to know that he dealt with cancer for what, two years. Is that correct? Yeah. Or something, uh, somewhere in that book. Yeah. Uh, to about February of 2021. Yeah, yeah. So, so almost about two years. I mean, you wouldn't think think to know that. And so it's just so strange. Like I look back and I'm like, did that again? I'm like, did that really happen? Yeah. Like, did that part of my life really take place? And obviously it did. But to me, I, I just I'm so thankful in a weird way for that time because not that I would wish for that to happen to me again or for anybody to, for that to happen to anybody, but. I learned a lot during that time. Uh, when you get diagnosed and stuff like that, you grow up really fast. <laughs> um, you, you learn to you know deal with things in a lot different way. I, I felt much more prepared for different trials that life threw at me or w- or would throw at me. Um, yeah, I, I don't I don't necessarily know how I'm trying to finish this, but I just remember I, I know looking back, it's like. It almost doesn't seem real, you know, because yeah. it's it's almost something like out of a movie, you know, in a weird way, you know. Because it honestly, I yeah, mean, I feel that same way. Like, because uh, I, as I mentioned before, I'm at the University of St. Chattanooga now. Go Mox. Yes, Go Mox. Go Mox. <laughs> Once again, Go yeah, uh, yeah. And Daniel Bing, alumni. Yeah, Go Mox. Uh, yeah. <laughs> We're required to say that's that's in the contract you sign when you become a when you go to UTC. Go Mox. Yeah, you have to uh, you have to dro- name drop them every single yes, time. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but. I met all uh, a lot of the same people that you did. Uh, a little less because you spent your entire uh, three and a half years, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah three, three and a half, half years yeah. of school there, and I've just spent this last year. Uh, and it was nice for no one to really know mm-hmm. until uh, I can't remember how it was exactly brought up. I know I told somebody, and my hair at the time was short still mm-hmm. uh, because it was about I was close to a year out of transplant. Uh, and it was. It took a little, a couple months for my hair to start actually, healthily, healthily, growing back healthy. Yeah. Uh, that sounds right. Yeah that, yeah. that sounds a lot better than yeah. healthily. Yeah. Uh, but everyone just thought that I had short hair because I mean I looked. I also looked like I was losing my hair, and mm-hmm. then I was about twenty-seven years old, <laughs> as mentioned by a couple of the younger students. Yeah. Uh, who did not know me, but then uh, I remember having to explain that. Uh, yeah for a good while and then having to explain it uh this semester even mm-hmm. uh yeah someone was not there apparently whenever i had mentioned it and they're like i didn't even know that yeah and again i had that same uh thought was just like well, i thought everybody knew that. yeah yeah like, and I, I just forget and then uh being in chattanooga with no one really talking about it like you said like no one really wants to 
No one really wants to talk about it anyway. Yeah. Well, I mean, also, too, like, how do you bring that up? Yeah, like, no, I could understand, like, I, I don't know how, if I was on the other side of things, like, like if I if I did not know you, I don't know how I would bring this up. Like, hey, are you the one with the cancer? Like, you yeah. know, like how do you bring? You know, it's and a it's a very odd thing. Like Daniel knowing me and no seeing me do it probably yeah. uh, a couple times whenever it whenever I because the only person that could bring it up is like the person that has it. Yeah. So when I introduce it, I'm just like, hey, I had cancer. Yeah. And the people are really <laughs> taken back because like I mentioned to him, like not that I want to make it significant for anyone else yeah. like, or less significant for anyone's family members or whatnot. But like, again, this is just me. I try to say it as nonchalantly as possible mm-hmm. to, for one to see if anyone like catches that that's what I said. Yeah. And also for them to be like, that's a little, that's a big thing. Yeah. Uh, just cause I think it's, funny to just try as nonchalantly yeah yeah like i did that yeah or whatever and then they're just like what yeah and then of course like i go into greater detail and uh, they usually ask me about it later on or whatever and it ends up being like a very serious heart-to-heart thing yeah but originally i am very very just and like if especially if i know someone i'm never gonna just if i don't know anybody i'm never just gonna bring it up yeah yeah or even at all yeah. i'm never just gonna be the first time that i meet somebody be like this is this is me yeah and i have this like very like possibly deathly disease yeah because who how are you supposed to react to that yeah like, honestly yeah yeah no it's funny you mentioned that not not too long ago uh so like i said like i've gotten to a point now where i i forget who i've told so like I, not that i just bring it up all the time but like I'm now prepared. Like if it ever gets brought up, I'm I'm just prepared to have to explain it to somebody because there's bound to be someone that's like, wait a minute, I didn't know that. Yep. And it happened at work uh, not too long ago. I was sitting uh, with two of my coworkers. One of them knew that I had had brain brain surgery, but one of them did not for whatever reason, you know. And so somehow I don't know, but it got brought up in in conversation. And my coworker that didn't know, she was like, wait a minute, you you had you had a brain tumor, and I was like. Yeah, I did. I, 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 yeah. And so she was like, "Oh my gosh!" She, first, she was like, "Are you okay?" I was like, "Yeah." I'm, that was like three, yeah. four years ago. Like, I'm, I, I, I'm okay. Uh, but I, I went through the whole story with her and everything, and, and explained it to her. And it was funny because at that time, uh, if she's listening to this, she'll know who she is. So I apologize for this. But um, at the time, I, it, her jaw was just like on the floor. She was like. Oh my gosh! Like I, I could tell she was just taking all this entire story in, and meanwhile I was like, yeah. And so I went and got surgery, and then I did this, and I did that, just talking about it in a very yeah. nonchalant way. And at the end of it, she was like, "You just described this whole situation as if it was like a walk in the park." And I was like, "Well, it was like four years ago. I mean, it, yeah. you know, it, it, it doesn't. It feels like it was a whole other life at this point. You know, it, it's just, it, which it's weird to say it was almost four years ago, but, um, yeah, it, it's." At some point, for me, it, it 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 became not who I was. It was just something that I had I had went through. Yeah, you know, just a small chapter in the book of your life. Yes, like. yes, and, and and that's what I wanted it to be. Not not that I wanted to have to deal with this, but when it came down to me accepting that I was going to have to deal with this, I wanted it to just be a chapter. I knew that it was going to be. Uh, I knew there was going to be a very abnormal time i knew there was gonna be a lot of people talking to me checking on me and i had to get used to it at some point and just kind of be the the weird local celebrity for a little bit um, i stole your thunder yes I'm thankfully yeah no thank you so much um but uh 
I knew it was only going to be a chapter, and that's really what I wanted. And I think that's what a lot of people, if they ever deal with stuff like this, that's what they want. They obviously want to be, they want healing, and they want to be cured, and they want to be, you know, have their problems solved. Of course, first and foremost. But my, again, my my advice to anybody on the outside looking in, if you know of someone that is dealing with something like this, my advice would be just to treat them just as normal as you can. I mean, unless they specifically say otherwise, just tend to them as best you can, you know, be attentive to them and, and try to help out, but just treat them like the person that they are. Uh, that's for me, the last thing I ever wanted was to be treated like, you know, I was some weird science experiment or yes. something. You know, I know that sounds weird, but I just wanted to be treated like a normal person. Yes. Uh, I, I just, I, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's just because your life is just thrown into a, a whirlwind all of a sudden. Um, and the last thing I wanted was for the people around me to may, probably unknowingly, but, you know, unknowingly make it more of a whirlwind. <laughs> you know, you just, you wanted to have the the only sense of, you know, uh, of, of normalness, if that's a word, in your life that you can have. You wanted to hold on to that, you know. Uh, that was the thing that really looking back, I'm I'm glad I was kind of able to hold on to you know looking back and that would be my biggest piece of advice to anybody kind of on the outside looking in uh if they know of someone that is dealing with something like this how they should respond you know um would you say that's probably true for you oh yeah absolutely like and uh i mean even from the outside like i know like when people would ask me sometimes like whether i was doing like okay or not I just told people I was doing fine most of the time I was doing great like I was I was happy to be wherever I was but I remember being at like football games and things like uh in 2019 like uh basically being on after a whole summer of uh, chemotherapy and uh someone would be like how are you doing or someone a ton of people because as you can also yeah. to everyone in our town wants to talk to you yes like you're you are the celebrity for a while yes yeah uh, and they're just like, how are you doing? And I'll just be like, oh, I'm fine. Yeah. Like, I'm, like, I'd have, like, a hot dog in my hand or, like, yeah. a Coke or whatever. And I'd be, like, going back to my seat and be like, oh, I'm fine. Like, I'm doing all right. Yeah. And they would be like, you brave soul. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm not, I'm not lying to you. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, and even if I was, just believe me. Yeah. Like, just like, can we just talk about anything else? Yeah. Uh, because you do, I mean, yeah. whoever's going through it, they want that normal. Yeah. Like, they want to feel normal. They don't want that to be the only thing that defines them. And, uh. And we appreciate, yeah. I will, like I yeah. say again, every single thought, yeah. every prayer, every concern that we could possibly have, every moment taken out of somebody's day is always appreciated. Yeah. But that sense of normalness mm-hmm. is like everything else is there, all the support is there, and that's the only thing that like I felt like I was lacking. Yeah. Because like you said, in that moment, everything is anything but normal. Yeah. And 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 I get it too because the people that know you, they want to help. They yes. it, what, however they can. But like we mentioned there isn't really much you can yeah. do from the sense of like solving the problem. Yes. You know, you, a lot of people would like cook meals for us and mm-hmm. come hang out with us and, and speak with us. And, and that really does do a lot, but there really isn't much beyond that mm-hmm. people can do. And so I, I totally understood like people wanted to help, but they didn't, yes. they didn't really know how, you yeah. know? So you'd get those people come up to you and just be like, Hey, we're so sorry. Like, you know, it's like, what are you supposed to say? You know, like, honestly, like if I was on the outside looking in, I don't know what I would say. Like if I, if I was, if I had never dealt with what I had to deal with and I walked up to you and didn't, you know, I kind of loosely knew you. I don't know what I would say. Like, I would just be like, Hey man, I, 
I hope you're doing all right. You know, it's like, what do you, what do you, because people want to help, but yeah. it's not like they can do anything. You know, it's not like they can say, hey, here's five dollars. This will help to your your yeah. cause. Like, it, they just they just had to kind of be there. Yeah. You know, uh, and, and it's it's a weird feeling. I would imagine it's a weird feeling being on the outside looking in because just like us who had to deal with it, you want to help, you mm-hmm. want to do something about it, but there really isn't all that much you can do about it. You know, I, I felt that way. Cause like I said, ours was staggered like mm-hmm. by a couple months or on, by probably about six months or so. And I felt that way. Like I said, walking up to your door and I'm just like, like I was like, I would do anything for him, but I don't, I just don't know what to do. And then, uh, not that I didn't have to do anything because I was just like, cause I was like, he'll, he will ask me if there's something specific <laughs> that I need to do. I was like, uh, and I, I've told you that like later on and we all said like, if there's anything like, just let us know, mm-hmm. uh, and and then whenever I was just like, when we when he just I was like he just wants us to act like nothing's really happening. Mm-hmm. I was just like he he will like talk about it when he wants to talk about it with us, whatever it may be. I was just like but he like and I was I didn't know I literally didn't know, uh, and I didn't I didn't understand it until later on yeah. like we talked about yeah, uh, like I was just like. I don't. I do not know what I need to do for like for yeah. Daniel. Yeah. I was just like, I was like, we've just been getting close. Like we like uh, the only the closest, or we really started getting close whenever we were going to. I think it was uh, when we were going to see Endgame. Yeah, it was around that time, uh, or around Infinity War, or something like that. We had went and gone. We we had all gone to see a lot of the Marvel movies yes. together. I know. Yeah. Uh, because we we were all home for yeah. the time. Uh, yeah. But me and you, for some reason, were in the car together. And we had to pick up Brant, and then we had to go and pick up Kate. Yes. And then you were just like, "I've, I've got to ask you." Yeah. This, <laughs> this was like our only moment, like alone, like yes. just me and you, you know. And we basically talked about everything we've talked about so far. Yeah. And then we—that's whenever the whole the whole thing officially started between us. All yeah. As it were. Yeah. Because we were both just sitting there laughing and yeah. arguing uh, about everything, uh, but. Uh, I remember just being in that moment, and uh, I don't think I'd ever express like the same like being at your door for yeah. as I have like right yeah. now. But I just remember being like, I was, like that's when I like fully realized. Like, yeah. Whenever you felt the same, I was like, well, I just thought that was just yeah. Like, I thought I was, like I thought I was kind of being selfish. I thought I was crazy. Yeah. yeah. Like, like, I thought I was just being rude because yeah. I didn't want everybody yeah. to pity, and you were just like, no. You're, yeah. I, I, like I think I told you, I was, I'd rather somebody be mad at me yeah. than pity me. Yeah. I can't, I cannot stand it. That gets on my nerves more than anything. Yeah. I understand it, like like we've talked about, mm-hmm. and it was appreciated. Yeah. I'm not saying it's not appreciated. Yeah. I just don't deal with that when yeah. someone is sad toward me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and 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 I that moment was always was always was very funny because up until that point, I don't know if me and you had ever just been in the same just just me and you because usually when we would hung when we'd hang like so for context like we're we've been throwing a few names out here for those that don't know some of our best friends brant and cade I, I have known brant and cade virtually my entire life so i've spent plenty of times in just me and them like one-on-one in rooms before we've talked and whatever but we didn't really get to know each other until in high school, especially later yes, in high school. Like so that. when we would hang out, it was usually with all four of mm-hmm. us in the same room. There was never it was never usually me and you, yeah. you know. And so that was really again I forget where we were going. We were like going to pick somebody up, and it was like a 15, 20 minute drive somewhere. And it was just me and you. And I remember pulling out of my driveway, and it was very quiet. And yes. I was like. In my head, I was like, "There's an elephant in in this room right now, and we need to address it right now, or, or it's going to be very quiet, a very awkward, quiet drive." And I was just like, 
I need to I need to ask you about something real yeah. quick. And, I, I just gotta get yeah, this all back. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I was honestly sitting there like I remember that same moment where like uh, I also realized I was like, I don't think we'd ever like just us been like somewhere together. Yeah. I also remember thinking I was just like, me and Brant, we, we went to uh, elementary school together. Like I literally remember the first day of kindergarten walking in and seeing him on our teacher's lap. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's a fun, sh- that's a funny thought to think about. For the short yeah. version of the story, that's what happened. Uh, <laughs> but uh, and then I remember meeting Cade in like the fifth grade, and then knowing him throughout high school and mm-hmm. stuff. But like we start, like we met officially in high school. Like, yeah. like, we'd known about each other yeah. through middle school and yeah. stuff. But again, we went to totally different schools. Yeah. We never played on the same team for sports. Yeah. Uh, like I always knew you and saw you knew who you were. Like I could pick you out of the crowd. Yeah. And it was easy. Like, I was much, very, I was taller than everybody. Yeah. yeah. So it was yeah. Easy. <laughs> it's easy now. And, yeah. Uh, also easy back then. Yeah. But I remember being there. And I'm just like, what am I? Like, I was like, I don't know what to say. I was just yeah. like, I, like I, I almost was like wanting that moment. Yeah. Like, Cause I was like, I'm closer to these other guys, but yeah. I want to be close to Daniel yeah. too. And I was just like, I was like, come on. I was like, think, yeah. think of something to say. <laughs> I was just like, what would you usually say? And then you said, we, we just got to talk about something. Yeah. And I was just like, absolutely yeah i was like whatever you want to talk yeah about. and then we yeah. uh basically for the 15 or 20 minutes yeah we talked about that yeah uh, and i almost felt uh interrupted when we had to let brandon yeah it was in the car yeah no I we were having like we were picking up steam yeah we were having fun and then we were just like oh we gotta, we gotta yeah stop. yeah and, and it's not that we can't talk about that around other people but it, it's just it's I, I hate to f- sound so much like i'm gatekeeping or something but it's like it's just different yes. you, you, it's something that when you have a similar shared experience. I mean, that goes with a lot of things in life. Like when you have that person that really knows what you've gone through or, or, or can really empathize with you, it's so much different. And I, no, I felt the same way. Like we were, ha- we were having such a like almost intense conversation. Yeah. And then we pulled up to where it was and I was like, well, we got to bat. We got to, we got to bottle this up yeah. for a little bit, you know? Uh, it, yeah, it's just, it's just funny. Um, so I'm glad that we've been able to unpack all of this yes. right now. That's that's definitely been and fun. We've, we've done it multiple times since then, <laughs> yeah. but this is like the official time. Yeah, yeah, for 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 all the masses to hear. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I guess if there's one thing I would, if I could somehow like in a bow wrap up everything I've just said and and try to package it up into one little ball that you know anybody can take with them is whether you are the person in the situation or you are someone on the outside looking in and you're trying to, you're, you're in any way involved with someone that's dealing with anything similar to what we've been talking about. The main thing you can do to help is just try your bet. Just do whatever you can just to keep your composure and just try to keep things as normal as you can, because your life is going to get thrown into a spiral very quickly. For me, it was relatively short-lived because, like I said, it all kind of happened in the month of July and a little bit it, it bled into, you know, August. August, yeah, August follows July. Um, bled into August a little bit and it kind of kind of phased out after that because I had gone to school and it, it all, you know. Um, but for a lot of people, I mean, some of these things are their, their whole lives. I mean, I mean, I know we know of people that have dealt with things like this and it, much longer and much harder battles than both of us had to deal with. And it the best thing you can do is just try to from again, not speaking for everybody, but in my experience, just try to keep things as normal as you can because their lives are already so abnormal and so in a whirlwind that the last thing they need is for their friends or their loved ones to make it 
that extra bit yes. more. They they want to make it as normal as you as they possibly can. You know, yes. that that's really the best best piece of advice I can give. If I could wrap all this up, you know, in into one little piece of advice is is just do whatever you can to keep your composure, keep your head on straight, and lean on those around you and just try to be as normal as you can and joke about it if you can you know <laughs> yeah like i said it's it's not the healthiest yeah uh coping mechanism but it's not the least like it's not the most harmful one either yeah i, I wouldn't change it personally yeah uh, i can't think i never wrote any down but i'm pretty sure like there's some that i've said that i was pretty proud of yeah i'm not gonna lie there's yeah. some that i wasn't yeah i'm not gonna lie about that either yeah. and there's some that were just hit or miss yeah but i was gonna say what i wanted to say in yeah. those situations uh so i was i was kind of just letting it fly when yeah it. yeah yeah well did we miss anything i don't think so we we both know there's a lot there's probably some some stuff we're forgetting um but i'm trying to think if we've missed anything so far i know like personally for me like we've kind of unpacked like half yeah but again we've also spent like a lot of times yeah. so far. Yeah. So we, we don't have to get into everything. Yeah, yeah. Um I'm just trying to think there there's so I, I'm if if we could have like hot mics on us at all times, like just to catch the conversation the, the short conversations we have, like every now and then it'd be a lot easier. But just trying to this is really kind of the first time I well, not the first time, but you know, I, I've never really sat down at length and like unpacked all of this either. So it's kind of a first for me as well to to really unpack all of this, and eventually people are gonna hear all of this, you know. So uh, which it'll, isn't which isn't nerve wracking yeah, at all. Yeah, I think that someone else is hearing my <laughs> thoughts, or a lot of people might be hearing yeah, my thoughts for the first yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I I guess for the time being. Um, that's kind of all I have to say about that. And I know that, like I said, this was very, very loose structured. Normally if I do any, any interviews, um, I'll try to, I'll try to keep them relatively structured, but I just wanted this to be a loose conversation between the two of us. Uh, and I think it was a, a successful, successful conversation so I far. It, I think it most definitely was. As me and you both know, any, any subject that we talk about, we usually, we, we get a pretty good conversation out of it. Yeah. Like yeah. Earlier us just talking about, Pickled objects and <laughs> sweet potatoes. The 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 qu- the question of the day, which I'm going to propose this to all the way, you can you can chew on this for a little bit, is, you know, whenever if you, if you pickle anything, like you know you pickle, uh, you know, uh, like a, an onion, like you pickled onions, or you've got like pickled eggs, or something, I, I don't know, you pickle, you refer to them as pickled, insert whatever here. But when you pickle cucumbers and turn them into pickles, they're just called they're just called pickles, you know? And so my question is, why do we do that? What was that like the original pickle? Like it was the original one. You know, I don't know. The, these are the questions that, that plague my mind every day. I don't do know. We need to have a new word. Yeah, exactly. Do we, should we call them pickled cucumbers or what? what, what do we, uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But, uh, before we go here, uh, a bit of a tradition that I'm, I'm beginning with, with this show is I want to end on 15 quick questions with you, totally unrelated to everything we've just spoken about. Uh, but these are all this or that questions. Okay. Okay, If that makes sense. And I'm just going to read them off to you and you just tell me your gut reaction. Uh, this is going to be in public. This is going to be published. So, you know, you're, this is going on the record. These are your thoughts and your, this is what, this is what you think. So I'm going to read them off to you. It's going to be 15 quick questions with Will. You ready? I'm ready. All right. Breakfast, lunch, or dinner? Ooh, uh, Lunch. Sunrise or sunset? Sunset. Netflix, Hulu, or HBO Max? Oh, that one's a tough one. Uh, oh, gosh. I think I'm... 
I'm on Hulu more, but HBO Max has more. Is it has has better movie selection, so I'm gonna say HBO Max. Staying in or going out? I stay in a lot, so I'm gonna say going out. Winter or summer? Um, summer. Pineapple on pizza? Yes or no? Any pizza or just? Just yes or no? Are you? It, do you? Does it belong on pizza? Yes or no? I was gonna say yes sometimes. Pancakes or waffles? Pancakes. When you eat a brownie, are you going to eat the corner piece or the middle piece? Is it brownies I've just made for myself? Sure, yeah. Then I'm going to eat the... I'm going to eat the side piece first, and then I'm going to work my way in and then out. So you're, you're more of a corner piece guy? Like you're going to go to the... I'm going to go to the edge, yeah. but not the corner. Oh, okay. So you get a little bit of both. Gotcha. Okay, I see, I see. All right, hot coffee or iced coffee? Hot coffee. 70s, 80s, or 90s? 70s squat bench or deadlift bench hard or soft shell tacos mm. i'll say soft scooby-doo or tom and jerry oh like the original scooby-doo sure the yeah original tom and jerry well whatever whatever just popped in your mind whether you thought of original or the the animated ones whatever whatever comes to mind for you i'm gonna say Original Scooby Doo. Okay, and rank the Star Wars the Star Wars movies: prequels, original trilogy, or the Disney trilogy. Um, I'm going to say Empire is number one. Okay. Uh, so, so do, do the are you going to do the movies or the trilogy the trilogies? Oh, uh, okay. If, if, with trilogies, we're going to go original. Well, how about how about this? We'll we'll, th- we'll change it a little bit. Give me your top three Star Wars movies, and then rank the trilogies. Uh, my top three Star Wars movies, just based on story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to say action and then uh, the elements that like physically like made the movie because I do, I'm fond, I'm more partial to the original mm-hmm. just because of the intricate yeah. things they yeah. made. I'm saying my personal top three, uh, if I'm going to specifically choose with the ones, mm-hmm. is going to be uh, Empire uh, and then uh, Return of the Jedi and... Third will probably be Revenge of the Sith because okay. they have some great action. A little, movies. a little prequel love. A, a little, little, yeah. a little prequel love. Yeah, yeah. Love. I'm not a fan of the all the CGI. Yeah, but they have great fight scenes and yeah. the score for all of them. Yeah, is phenomenal. Yeah, and then give me your give me your trilogy rank if um, you're ranking all three of the trilogies. Originals. This is this is gonna get dicey right this here. Is gonna get <laughs> uh, originals is all, always gonna be at the top. Yeah, three. yeah. I'm, I'm always giving love to the originals. Yeah. Uh, but with the prequels and the sequels. For original story's sake, I'm going to say originals, prequels. Oh man, okay, all right. So he's a you're you're a prequels guy over the over the Disney trilogy. Just under the consideration that it's all in the same story. Okay, okay. Although the I do I do love the the sequels, and they go back to they kind of incorporate both uh, forms of practical effects and CGI. Yeah. uh, But. Ewan, Ewan McGregor yeah. is what defines yeah. the first three movies. Yeah. Uh, and he, he really makes them. Yeah. He, he, he goes all out. And okay. I, I got I to give Ewan McGregor some love. Give him his flowers. Yeah. Yes. Okay. That he's the only thing that make the the prequels to me better than yeah. the sequels. All right. And then final final question. Uh, this is number 15. This is going to be a constant threat. I, I asked my, my last interview, I asked this. Would you rather fight one horse-sized duck or 100 duck-sized horses? <laughs> 
And you can think about this one a little bit if you need to. Okay, so you said one horse-sized duck. You're, you're, in, a, you're in a fight, okay? And you, you're you going to either fight a horse-sized duck, a duck that is okay. the size of a horse, or you're going to fight a hundred duck-sized horses. Which one are you going to pick? Which one do you think you would fare better against? Is it just like is it just me, or do I have some sort of weapon? Um... You get you get one one weapon of choice within reason, not like a tank. Like you know, yeah. one anything you can hold in your hand, like you you get that weapon of choice. Mm-hmm. I feel like it would be. I think this would be easier if you pick the weapon. Okay, I'll say this. Um, you get. Uh, oh man, now you you flipped it on me. Let's you get you get you get you get nunchucks. That's what you get. Ooh. You get a you get a blunt object. You get to whip around. That's what that's what it is. The only reason I put it off on you, by no. the way, was because for each situation, yeah, it kind of requires a different weapon. Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to give you nunchucks. It's a little, I'm assuming it's a little out of your wheelhouse, too, so it's going to be, you know, it's, it's going to be a learning experience for you. I don't you. know. My father used to be great at the nunchucks. He can do the <laughs> over-the-shoulder and behind-the-back stuff. Yeah. I'm, I got him not joking. Really? Yes. I need he, to see he that. He got really good at it. Yeah. Uh, he can still kind of do it a little bit, uh, which was is a tidbit for my father, Joe Guy, <laughs> uh, also... If this is released within the year of 2022 or 2026, uh, vote for Joe Guy. Vote for Joe Guy. I know Joe. Yes. Experience, education, and integrity. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) We're campaigning for him already. (laughs) But uh, I would say with a pair of nunchucks... Uh, the duck-sized horses. The duck, like the hundred duck-sized horses. I feel like you could sling a yeah. couple of them at a time yeah. and just kind of get them away yeah. from you. Yeah. I feel like it would be harder with a blunt object yeah. to take on a horse-sized duck. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you got on its back and was like choking it out. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, you're gonna be thinking about this a lot, aren't you? I actually yeah. am gonna think yeah. about that a lot. Yeah. Okay. That was, well, that was a good. That was my favorite question. Yeah. Well, that's what I, I want to keep that one a constant throughout. So, uh, <laughs> you know, there you go. There's his answer. So. Um, anyways, Will, thank you so much for, for sitting down with me. I know that, uh, it's probably a little weird being interviewed, uh, especially by, uh, you know, someone you've known for a while, but I was really looking forward to this conversation, not just to ask you that question. I did. I was really excited to ask you that question. I was, uh, I was excited when you said the 15 questions. Yeah. I was like, I know there's going to be some that are just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Those are the ones I was most ready for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, thank you so much just for sitting down. I really hope that whoever listens to this, whether they deal with anything that we've had to deal with or not. I hope they enjoy it, get something out of it, uh, and maybe just laughed a little bit. So, yes, and yeah. I also appreciate the time to yeah. sit down and talk with you. Uh, yeah. Any chance, not that I take any chance I can to share my story, because I usually share it when prompted to share it. Yeah. Uh, because as one of our great friends says, there's a time and a place. Yeah, there uh, is a time and a place. To name drop our buddy Jonathan Miller. Yeah, uh, shout out to Jay Mill. If you ever listen to this uh, <laughs> as well. But... Uh, Anytime that somebody needs guidance or help through, like, whatever. Uh, I remember I had to find people I relied on who went through similar things or even uh, the same thing and how great of help that was to me. So I'm always willing uh, and able to help anyone any way that I can. Yeah. Uh, and I know people can't contact me directly through this podcast. Yeah. yeah. If you can ever find me in public or on social media or anything else and you need help with anything that me and Daniel have talked about, uh, or within the wheelhouse, at least. Maybe yeah. not defending a hundred uh, duck-sized horses. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I could specifically help you with that. We're going to hold you accountable to that. We, yeah. we could try. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I mean, that throws another uh, yeah. variable into the equation. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, with anything else, I'm always willing to talk yeah. about it with anyone. And if this possibly helps anyone at all, yeah. uh, 
I'll feel greatly accomplished in yeah. anything. And I'll always take that opportunity. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a, a great note to end things on. Well, uh, again, thank you so much, Will, for, for taking the time to chat with me today. Uh, if you want to follow Will on Instagram, uh, you're, I know you're on Instagram. Are yes. you on anything else you uh, want the people to know about? I am on Twitter. You are? On, oh, you are on Twitter. I okay. Because uh, that's where most, that's where my favorite jokes of. That's where they go. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so where, where can, where can people find you at? Um, on Twitter, I believe the handle is Willie H Guy. All right. And all then right. on Instagram, it should be Guy W underscore twenty one. Gotcha. Well, I'll, I'll make sure to put your Instagram handle in the description okay. of the. So if you wanna if you wanna check out Will, see what he's got going on, you can go follow him. Go down the, to the description and give him a follow and uh, ask him how that nunchuck training is going. Uh, but again, thank you so much for for chatting with me today and uh, for all you out there listening. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you'll join us on the next episode.